the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tuning in and joining us at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock as we get underway on this Tuesday, the 29th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Coming up on the program today, a couple of very good guests. Melissa Atkinson, former candidate for the United States Senate. She is going to be joining us to talk about a very... Very disturbing story coming out of one Ohio city that is just quite frankly too too difficult to describe. I will just kind of give you a little bit of a, a bullet point rundown here. It involves children, pedophiles, uh, LGBTQ community protections, and um, debauchery. I, those are my bullet points. That's really all I can come up with, and I did that off the top of my head. I, I, the reason I've asked Melissa to come on, at 9.35, a half an hour from now, is because she has a lot more of the details on this than I do. Um, she has been posting about this, so I have a number of other people who are simply disgusted and worried about the safety and the well-being of kids in this one Ohio city or town. And uh, she's going to have to get, explain the story in a lot more depth than I can. But I will tell you, again, it's about children. It is about pedophiles. <clears throat> Is It is about uh, the LGBTQ community, or whatever the ABC numbers are, or letters are there, and, and debauchery, uh, and, and, and profanity, and, and disgusting things that you just cannot think about when it comes to children. But she will tell us that story at 935. You are going to want to hear this. Trust me on that interview. That's at 935. Coming up at 10.08, Peter Kersenow returns to us once again for uh, his Tuesday conversation with thoughts on all of the top stories of the day. And there are many of them that we have to get into. The The uh, big news of the uh, night last night and overnight is, of course, the horrific shooting of police officers who were making a narcotics bust, raiding a drug uh, drug dealer's haven, a gang haven, and when part of the uh, one of the most seedy parts of Houston, Texas, and five officers were shot. Four Houston police officers shot serving a search warrant at a home that police describe as a hub for drug dealers. Police adding that a tip from a neighbor led officers there, but when they arrived, they immediately came under fire. Police eventually shooting and killing two suspects right now. One of those officers has been released from the hospital with a gunshot to the shoulder, but two officers are in critical condition with gunshots to the neck. The police union leader with tough talk for those who attack cops. Which I'll have for you in a second. It's kind of odd. He just said four, and apparently that's been amended because I introduced that clip with five. I literally have a story in front of me right now that says five Houston police officers injured in shooting, two suspects dead. On the other hand, I have another story in front of me that's does say four Houston police officers shot while serving warrant. I don't know how hard it is for the news to get this right. There's four or there's five. It should be pretty easy to check. But the point is, more of a spotlight now being shined upon those who protect and serve. We have not talked about this as much in recent weeks as we have at other periods of time. And I don't know why, because the problem has not abated. Um, we are not seeing less police officers shot in the line of duty. We're not seeing less police officers shot by uh, angered or road raged or whatever for whatever the reason uh, traffic stops. 
We have not seen fewer police officers being ambushed, and we're not seeing fewer police officers shot by drug dealers. So we should pay, pay more attention to this, and we should listen to the president of the Houston Police Union, who said we are sick and tired of being targeted. But now I want to speak on behalf of the 5,200 brave men and women of the Houston Police Department and the other 800,000 police officers that are working these streets every single day, putting their lives on the line. We are sick and tired of having targets on our back. We are sick and tired of having dirtbags trying to take our lives when all we're trying to do is protect this community and protect our families. Enough is enough. And if you're the ones that are out there spreading the rhetoric that police officers are the enemy, well, just know we've all got your number now. We're going to be keeping track of all of y'all, and we're going to make sure that we hold you accountable every time you stir the pot on our police officers. We've had enough, folks. We're out there doing our jobs every day, putting our lives on the line for our families. Enough is enough. Putting, but their, now I want to speak. Put, putting their lives on the line for their families, but for all of our families. And it's about time that somebody listened to police officers like this, and this particular police union president. Any people who continue to demonize the police in 2019, and I know it's going to take a lot of work to undo the damage to police uh, reputations and police credibility that was done to them for over eight or for eight years starting literally with the very beginning of the first Obama term, when Professor Gates at Harvard decided that he was a victim of racism because a police officer responded to a call for burglary. That's right. A neighbor called and said somebody's trying to get into Professor Gates' house. Police respond, find Professor Gates locked out of his house, dare to actually talk to him and question and ask to see his ID because they're responding to a burglary call, and Barack Obama declared that the police were stupid. The police were stupid. That was the beginning of eight years of demonization and and the uh, dehumanization of police officers. And, of course, we all know how it went from there to the Michael Brown situation and in so many other cases, but, but police officers were made the enemy. Two years into the Trump uh, Trump regime, the Trump administration, it's better, but it's obviously not good enough. It's obviously not clear enough. There are still far too many people antagonistic toward cops. They don't trust cops because of some of the uh, language that has been used against them in recent years. And it appears that suspects, criminals, are more emboldened than ever to take shots at cops. And that's what this particular union president is talking about. And it is time we changed that language. It is extraordinarily important that we understand this. This could be your... Let me tell you something. I'm the age now, speaking of my age as a father, really, more than as a a, a man. But um, a lot of my friends... Uh, who have kids the same age who are now getting out of high school and they're either going to college or getting out of college or whatever. And I know more than a few whose, whose children, whose sons in particular, have decided to join the police force. And because of that, it has not been lost upon me that there may be a time when my son, who's a high school student, may consider the same thing. In fact, he has talked about it. I gotta tell you. I don't want him going anywhere near the police force. 
Not because I don't want us to have protectors and servers. That's what we do need as a society to try to protect the innocent from the violent, the innocent from the criminals. We do need police officers, but because of the way cops are treated in America today, I don't want them to be a part of that. I don't want him to have a target on his back. I don't want anybody to have a target on their back. Like I said, I've been thinking about this more and more because I've got friends whose kids are that age and who have decided to pursue the police force. It's a terrifying thought, to be honest with you. And I, you know how many police friends I have. You know I talk about this on a fairly regular basis. They know I have their backs. I talk to a lot of cops, and they tell me. The job is so much harder today than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, because of the way the media portrays them and the way, sadly, a lot of elected leaders, uh, 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 the way they portray them. So it's an issue. And this particular uh, Houston uh, Police Union president uh, is tired of it after seeing at least four, maybe five of his um, membership gunned down in Houston yesterday. So we're going to talk a little bit about that with Peter Kersenow, uh, along with the rest of the news today as well. Some of that news, very important. We finally have the opportunity the president was looking for, the opportunity that many of us believe the president cannot squander. You want to win this border fight? You win this border fight. You win this border negotiation by winning the people. You win the people by winning February 5th. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and President Trump talked about the address over the phone and made it official in a letter with Pelosi writing, when I wrote you on January 23rd, I stated that we should work together to find a mutually agreeable date when government has reopened to schedule this year's State of the Union address. In our conversation today, we agreed on February 5th. President Trump replied, it is my great honor to accept. We have a great story to tell and yet great goals to achieve. I look forward to seeing you on the 5th. February 5th is the opportunity. February 5th is the moment of truth. February 5th to me is the masterstroke. February 5th is what the president had in mind when he decided on Friday to anger a lot of his base by capitulating and signing spending bills for three weeks of government funding to reopen the government without any security, or excuse me, any funding for border wall security. A lot of people were angry, myself included. And then as I said on yesterday's show, I thought about it, and I thought, wait a minute. She won't let him come and give the address to the joint uh, uh, session of Congress, the joint chambers. Uh, She won't allow the president to come and give the State of the Union address while the government is closed. Then open the government, even if temporarily, open the government so you can give that address and take that opportunity for 90 uninterrupted minutes to tell the world the truth about the emergency at our southern border, about the humanitarian crisis at our southern border. Take this opportunity with Nancy Pelosi sitting behind you, scowling and fuming, to tell the truth. This is an opportunity the President of the United States simply cannot waste. He's got to get this one right. He's got to have better speechwriters than he had for his Oval Office address a couple of weeks back. He's got to make sure that the numbers are accurate. He's got to make sure the truth is told. And more importantly, feature one thing above all else. Not politicians like yourself, Mr. President. Not politicians on the other side of the aisle like Pelosi and Schumer. Feature the front lines. Feature, Mr. President, 
the Border Patrol guards, Customs and Border Patrol agents. Nobody knows how best to secure that border than they do. No one. No one in D.C. gets it the way those working the border get it. Listen to them. And the good news is, at least some Democrats agree. Let's listen to them. I'll share that story and that soundbite with you coming up after we check our traffic. It's 920. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Station. All right, 924 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, Melissa Atkinson going to be joining me in about 10 minutes or so with a story you simply must hear. There's a small town in Ohio. I don't actually know how big Lancaster is, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm calling it small because I'm not terribly familiar with it, but they're doing some things with which I wish I was not terribly familiar now, uh, involving children and debauchery and, quite frankly, feeding pedophilia. And I'll let her tell you that story at 935. Uh, I want to tell you the Tom Brokaw story for a moment. I want to talk again about the POS, the perpetually outraged of society. That's what a POS is. I don't know if you thought it was something else, but a POS is a member of the perpetually outraged of society. They get angry and outraged at everything, including old, broken, former NBC News anchor, and quite frankly, network news legend Tom Brokaw. Yes, Tom Brokaw is part of the liberal uh, media and, and was for a very long time. He tra- he did his best. He was really super uh, supportive, of course. So I think he's the one who coined the phrase, the greatest generation, to talk about the World War II generation. So he's got some positives, no question about that. But he's in his... Um, you know, waning years right now, certainly not on television on a regular basis, but he does go on NBC from time to time to do some commentary or some, some interviews. And he went on with Chuck, Chuck Todd and, uh, NBC News White House correspondent Kristen Welker and our friend Hugh Hewitt and talked a little bit about, um, race relations in America, but not black white. More talking about ethnic relations in America, specifically talking about Hispanic America and whether or not the Hispanic culture in America is dividing itself from mainstream American culture. And Tom Brokaw made what appeared to be a pretty benign observation and a suggestion that perhaps things could be better if Hispanic people in the United States did something. And, of course, he drew the condemnation, scorn, and rage of the POSs all over this country. Here's what he said. Right? Like it's, and a lot of this we don't want to talk about. But the fact is, on the Republican side, a lot of people see the rise of an extraordinary important new constituency in American politics, Hispanics, who will come here and all be Democrats. Also, I hear when I push people a little harder, I don't know whether I want brown grandbabies. I mean, that's also a part of it. It's the intermarriage that is going on and the cultures that are conflicting with each other. I also happen to believe that the Hispanics should work harder at assimilation. That's one of the things I I've been saying for a long time. Whoa. Mind you, the left was perfectly fine. They were not perpetually outraged at the first part of that, as Tom Brokaw accused Republicans of being racist and not wanting brown grandbabies. You heard him. 
lot of Republicans are worried about this influx of Hispanics in America and then potentially impregnating their white daughters and providing brown grandbabies. Or Hispanic women getting their white sons and, and intermarrying with them and providing brown. He accused Republicans of being racist without any foundation whatsoever. And they were okay with that. What they didn't like was the last part of what he had to say there. Also a part of it. It's the intermarriage that is going on and the cultures that are conflicting with each other. I also happen to believe that the Hispanics should work harder at assimilation. That's one of the things I've been saying for a long time. I also happen to believe that Hispanics should work harder at assimilation. How dare you? How dare you insult Hispanics like that? What do you mean they're not trying to assimilate? Tom Brokaw made an honest observation about the fact that when it comes to immigration in this country, now we're not talking about illegal aliens anymore, we're talking about legal immigrants to this country. Hispanics who become Hispanic legal residents, or if they become citizens, legal, uh, or uh, um, become uh, Hispanic Americans, hyphenated Americans, there we go with that again, but still. That people who are of of, uh, Hispanic descent, or Latino descent, come into the United States, and do not participate in the American melting pot. Do not participate in the cultural um, uh, assimilation that so many others, when the millions of immigrants who populated this country came over from Europe generations ago, and some who continue to, but but certainly when uh, when it first happened, they came here whether they spoke Russian or Polish or, or German or Italian or whatever or Spanish. They came over and said, America, this is the flag I want to fly now. Not my own national flag of my birth, but the American flag. And I'm going to learn the American language, English, and I'm going to learn the American culture and be a part of that. And that's what made this country the wonderful, diverse melting pot that it is. But it does have a shared American culture. And the truth of the matter is that there are far too of the Hispanic immigrants to this country or even uh, Hispanics born in this country who are legal citizens who have decided not to embrace the red, white, and blue, but they continue to carry the flags of their own countries, essentially creating enclaves of just those countries, still flying that flag in their locales and refusing to learn this language and refusing to participate in the American cultural experience. That's all Tom Brokaw was saying, and he's saying, in order for more Americans to come together, let's all assimilate into this American culture. And if you would have thought that he had just used the the N-word or something on live television, the way it was reacted to on social media, Tom Brokaw immediately demanded to apologize for this, which, of course, he did immediately, but it wasn't enough. The POSs were indeed outraged. And we'll talk more about that as we continue, but right now it's 9.31 in time for news on AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. If you didn't know that before, you probably can tell it from the first segment of the show today. Uh, yeah, political correctness is not tolerated here. 216-901-0945 is the number to join us. 888-281-1110. You can get, that'll get you here as well. On Twitter, follow me there at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z. France Radio, all one word. 
And on Facebook, you can go to the same exact page. It's on Facebook that I first became aware of our next story. And uh, it's one that, quite frankly, I wish I was not aware of. Um, I'm, I'm still blown away by it. I don't have under, uh, an understanding of all of the facts related to it, which is why I decided to bring on somebody who does, because she was one of the first pages that I saw that was commenting about this story. I told you at the top of our show, if you were listening then, that the best I can do before bringing Melissa on is give you just four bullet points that I think uh, are very important to the story. Number one, bullet point number one, Children, bullet point number two, pedophiles, bullet point number three, the LBGT community, and bullet point number four, debauchery. Those are the four points, and I'm going to let Melissa Atkinson put all of those together. Melissa is, of course, the former candidate for the Republican uh, nod for the United States Senate seat. That uh, primary race went, of course, to Jim Renacci, who uh, lost in the uh, Senate race to uh, Sherrod Brown, the continued office holder. But uh, Melissa has remained active in politics and uh, as a pundit, and she joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hey, Bob. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, too. I did not realize you had surgery yesterday, so I apologize for intruding on your recuperation. Uh, I hope you were doing all right. I'm doing fine, and you just need to remember I have a two-year-old still at home, so there really is no rest in recuperation. <laughs> Understood. Understood. <laughs> all right. So, Melissa, let's uh, let's just, uh, I'm going to open this up here. Uh, I did mention that the city is Lancaster, and as I understand it, it's a little bit southeast of Columbus. I'm not too terribly familiar with it. I don't know how big of a town it is, but I have an idea of what kind of a town it is based on the limited knowledge that I have of this story. I'm just going to let you tell the story. Sure. So I was brought into this on Sunday, and someone notified me of a 10-year-old little boy dressing in scantily clad clothing, uh, underwear, little girl's underwear, dancing in bars across Ohio. And I thought, oh, gosh, this, is, this is, has to be a joke. This isn't happening here in Ohio. Uh, but I took it a step further after someone directed me to this page. It's called the City of Lancaster. Now, while this is somewhat of a satire page, it is the, the administrator puts information out there that typically the politicians won't touch. I can tell you that this story is very real. Uh, in fact, I had... So, so to be clear, if I may, hold on one second. Hold on, if I, yep. if I may. The, the page, City of Lancaster, is not the official government page for the City of Lancaster. This is somebody else's page. It's not real. That's correct. Right. That's why okay. when I initially heard about this, I'm like, oh, it's, it's probably a joke. A spoof, so, right, a parody uh, or something, right. Absolutely. So that's when I started scrolling down, and I began watching this video. And on the video, um, there is a little boy, 10 years old. He's in full makeup. He's wearing, I mean, as scantily clad as you can possibly get, including skin-tight, girls' panty, uh, leotard outfits, you know, exposing his, his bottom. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and he dances for dollars in a bar after hours and people are giving him dollar bills. In fact, they introduce him and, and it is said, get your dollar bills out. Here comes Miss Mayhem. So this Miss Mayhem actually lives in the Toledo area, but was booked by a gentleman who owns a, a entertainment of drag queen type of com- company. And the company is called Miss Onyx. Ohio. It's uh, this is all uh, you can see all of this on Facebook. So after I watched the video, I was really sick. I had to push myself through it to watch because I'm seeing adult men taping this little boy dancing. He's doing the splits, holding his leg up to his head. I, I mean, this is just something that you would see in a movie. It didn't seem like it was real. And so 
I, I immediately notified a friend with the Ohio Value Voters Group, and I started sending these videos to her. And initially, people were kind of chalking this up as, oh, this is a satire page. And I'm like, wow, it may be somewhat satire. I've already talked to the administrator. This is happening. This child is being booked by a man who is also a drag queen, owns this organization called Miss Onyx Ohio. His real name is Daniel Cole, and he books the, the acts. And I still didn't want to believe that this was happening. So I took, took it a step further. I contacted one of the drag queens myself, and I said, <laughs> I recognize you were the one who introduced this little boy to dance for a room full of adults, mostly men videotaping him. Uh, is this a real event? Did this happen? And this is all public. You can see all of this throughout the, the Facebook. And the drag queen was kind enough to answer. Is the video still on Facebook? Uh, Melissa, I, I thought I had read uh, yesterday that Facebook had removed the video. People were smart enough to save the video, and so okay. um, I, it, because it's been down, and there's about 12 different videos of this little boy. I, I watched them, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And so, as I said, I get in touch with the drag queen who introduced him for the dancing. She admittedly said, you know, maybe this wasn't the best idea to have him on. That, of course, is after she introduces him and tells a room full of men to get their dollars out uh, to pay this little boy. And so even after this, I took it a step further. I reached out to Miss Onyx, Ohio, publicly, where this man, his name is J.D., or I'm sorry, his name is Daniel Call, admits to booking this little boy dancing, admits that he's fully aware, and then becomes extremely defensive about being disrespectful to the LGBTQ community. And I said, this is not about the LGBTQ, the ABCDEFG, or the HIJK LMNOP. What it's about is you are booking a child to dance in women's clothing after hours at different events. I've seen the video. So throughout all of this, you can see this gentleman. In his mind, he's verifying this, and it's okay because the parents are aware. And I said, you know, there's, this doesn't make any sense. There are a lot of things that would make my kids feel great that I don't allow them to do. They'd love to eat ice cream and ice cream only. I don't allow those things. They would like to do certain things that, they, as a parent, you're supposed to control this. So by this point, I kept saying in my mind, you know, I, I just feel like this couldn't have happened. So I called the bar myself. I spoke to one of their employees, and I, I wrote the entire conversation down. And she said, you know, it's, it's really gross, but yes, it did happen. The bar didn't know anything about it, and there were so many people in here that whoa, night. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Hold on, uh -huh. hold on. What, what, what does she mean the bar doesn't know anything about it? The bar, it happened in the bar, I thought. Well, I clarified that. I said, how would someone not see a small child dancing for men collecting dollars? And she says, well, we only had one bartender that night. And I said, but that still doesn't make a ton of sense because I see on banners and advertisements that this child was pimped out prior to this event so that people would know to come to the event. And I could tell she was nervous being on the phone, so I could only pressure her for so much information. She's an employee right. at this establishment. But I actually went to this little boy's Facebook page, where it's very obvious his mother created the page, and his stage name is Miss, M-I-S-S, Mayhem, M-A-E-H-E-M. And you see video after video after video of this kid dancing in ways that I've never seen somebody dance before, and men putting dollars, they even made fake cleavage for him so they could shove dollars down the front of his shirt. I mean... The, the 12 videos that were up on this page are now no longer available. However, the information is there. They're still advertising him. He danced as recent as 126 in a bar in the Toledo area. Um, I mean, this, this is crazy. So, is, obviously, um, I start... Go ahead. 
is is the young boy's name? I don't want you to give it to me, but is the young boy's real name available to anyone? Because I want to know if anyone has spoken to his parents, and and to find out how it is that this this pimp slash show booker, uh, this Miss Onyx or whatever you described, this individual came to get this kid and take him all over the state. He's from Toledo, you said. Uh, he's dancing down there after hours at a bar in south uh, southeast of Columbus in Lancaster. Uh, obviously, mom and dad are okay with this. Are they driving him to this? Are they allowing this uh, this Onyx person to just take him to these places? I, 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 has anybody heard from the parents? I do believe that the parents have been involved, and they're very defensive. If you go on this young man's page that was created, it was, you know, one of those, we're here, we're queer, signed every drag kid ever, we're not going anywhere. And the Bible thumpers can take this to hell. I mean, you don't even want to know what's on this page. You don't even want to know. And it's very clear, this is not something 10-year-old little boys write about. Now, here's the kicker. According to Miss Onyx slash Daniel Call, who finds absolutely no problem with this, he said, go ahead and do something. The mother works for Child Protective Services. There's nothing you can do. He, go, he goes further by saying, our mayor is very supportive of the LGBTQ community and knows these things are going on. So I, I know that the... The mayor of Lancaster you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Has anybody followed Absolutely. up with the mayor on that? So I've not followed up with the mayor. What I did do was get some information to Lancaster City residents who are then going to help facilitate conversations with their elected officials. I reached out to Ohio Value Voters. I know that Dave Yost was contacted over this. I mean, it's the people who are aware are, I believe, looking into this. Um, but I mean, Bob, this is, it's literally, it was like Sodom and Gomorrah, but in real times. And I, I posted about, parts in Afghanistan where they have a um, tradition, and it's, it's ancient, apparently, where and they call it the, the dancing boy. So they take these young, poor boys out of their communities, put them in feminine makeup and feminine outfits, and then make them dance for very powerful men. This was one of the greatest human rights tragedies that was occurring while we had soldiers stationed over in Afghanistan. I'm sure you've heard about that. So yes. I'm thinking to myself, is this really how we're operating at this point? where it's okay because the parents are fine with it to put a little boy in girls' <clears throat> panties, have dollars shoved down. I mean, the split laying with his legs wide open, I couldn't believe what I was watching. While, men are, men, while men are tipping him and videotaping yeah. him and going home yeah. and doing Lord knows what to those images. Uh, Melissa, yeah. I, I said at the beginning of all of this, my bullet points that I understood, one of them was, was, was pedophiles. I mean, who else would want... It can't be legal to serve up a, a buffet of young boys with their rear ends exposed in in women's uh, panties uh, and, and and serve them up to tips to 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 grown men who are attracted to that. That can't, is there is there anything on the books? Maybe any attorneys? I don't know. This is there anything on the books? The local laws in Lancaster, the state laws of Ohio. How can children be allowed to do this? In, in, in establishments they're not even supposed to be in, like bars. Yeah, yeah. I, there has to I, be I, some I, kind I, of legal, there has to be some kind of legal remedy to this. This can't be legal. I mean, I, I feel like I want to call cops. I want to call attorneys. I want to call prosecutors. I want to call everybody yeah. I can to find out how yeah. it is that they can allow nine or ten year old boys to, 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 to dance in, in, in these, this attire 
after hours in places serving alcohol with a bunch of leering, disgusting, reprehensible men videotaping and and tipping these uh, these young boys. I just I'm 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 baffled here. It sounds like this is just Nambla's best dreams or or worst dreams, I guess, come true. Uh, for those who don't know what NAMBLA is, it's the National Association of Man-Boy Love, or National something yep. of Man-Boy Love Association. But that's what NAMBLA is. So, is it legal, uh, Melissa? You know, I'm not an attorney. Um, <clears throat> I would say that they're probably hiding under the veil of the LGBTQT community where people are afraid to say. I, I'm not afraid to I say. Don't I don't care. I, these are children. These are children. These are, these are children. So, yes. That, so here, here was something that I found very um, sickening. I was on my way to surgery. I, I didn't even sleep all the night before because I was just, I was so sickened knowing I had a child that age, thinking of someone putting a wig on my child, putting women's makeup on, then putting little bikini outfits and, and him grinding around and doing the splits while people are tipping him. I could not imagine it. So I, you know, I wanted to make sure that I went above and beyond. I've reached out to every elected official that I know. Um, again, if you can see the flagrant behavior of this disguise as sicko, his name is Daniel Call, and he is defending every bit of, of what's happening here. The mother of this young boy is a burlesque dancer and performs. It's like some kind of like a, a show for overweight women. They put on these burlesque outfits and dance. And it's very clear to me that she's, you know, making her child identify with something like this yeah. to, to be relevant. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking at this page for this Miss Mayhem. This not is he nine or ten? This young boy. I've been told nine. Matter. I've been told ten. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's the same age. Uh, I'm looking at this page since you and I have been speaking. I went ahead and pulled it up. Um, Melissa Atkinson is my guest again. She's a former uh, candidate for the uh, United States Senate. And she is now uh, a conservative pundit and activist and speaker. And on this page, Melissa, uh, scrolling down a few posts, you see a poster that Miss Mayhem, this young boy, posted. Uh, and it's a poster of uh, that says at the top, the unhealthy impact of bullying on LGBT youth. We're Correct. talking about what's healthy for young kids like this. They're worried about the unhealthy impact of bullying. How healthy do they think it is for a 10-year-old male to dress in girls' clothing, skimpy girls' undergarments, and as you say, dance and spread their legs for and to sexually tempt a bunch of disgusting pedophiles, tipping them with dollars? How healthy is that going to be on this young person's psychological profile as this person grows up? If you look at his face in a lot of the videos, now there was a total of 12 videos that since I've really blown this up, some of those videos have now been taken down. Um, but I still have the main video where he performs in four different settings, uh, rolling around on the ground and getting tips at the bar in Lancaster. But the most disturbing thing of this is, as if there could be a more disturbing, the open flagrant behavior from the adults around this child. They're exploiting him. And if you look on that Facebook page, Bob, you will see grown men can't wait to see you d- dance tonight. Are you going to take this if I can't make it? That That's the kind of stuff. That Unbelievable. I don't know. If it, it's true. It's every bit of it. Because initially, people were like, Melissa, this isn't real. I said, it, come on. I called the bar. I spoke with the organizer of the event. It's in there black and white. I even tagged detectives and different people that I know personally on the page. And my phone was ringing off the hook on Sunday night. And one of the detectives says, I interviewed rapists, pedophiles, killers and they always find a way to justify whatever it is of course it would be something like 
I, I thought that the child was happy. It seems to make them happy. Their family was okay with it. I mean, this is the kind of sick world that we live in today. And where are all of our people to stand up for this child? Where are everybody's afraid? I, and what I, I don't what I don't understand is how they can't understand the pedophilia impact of this. You know, maybe maybe nobody is grabbing this kid after the show and throwing him into the car to take home and do uh, unspeakable things uh, as they get turned on by this uh, this uh, this 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 strip show essentially for for these uh, these these sick individuals but you know what they get their appetite there and then they go and grab another kid somewhere else i mean i'm i'm not kidding this is this is feeding pedophiles and and and, and look and again i'm just kind of scrolling this page miss may hems first annual toy drive and drag show this is from December yeah. 16th before Christmas. We're going to collect toys for children as this child strips down yeah. to women's underwear to dance for men for tips. And that's okay to people? I'm uh, I'm blown away by that. Um, Melissa, i got to go. The music is playing. But listen, I'm All really, right, really glad you brought this to my attention. Uh, I'm going to try to follow up on it. I'm going to try to ask because I'm not a lawyer like you. i got one coming on. I don't know if he's familiar with this type of Ohio law. But I want to ask other lawyers who can maybe answer the question, is this kind of thing legal? And how is it legal in the state of Ohio, let alone individual community uh, local laws? Uh, because it seems like it would be there would be some adults protecting kids in this situation. Uh, Melissa well, we, Atkinson. We pray for that. We do. Yeah, we do. Uh, Melissa, and I pray for your recovery, by the way, too. Uh, I hope you're doing well. And I really thank you for bringing this to our attention. Please stay in touch. Thanks, Bob. You got it. All right, there's Melissa Atkinson on AM 1420, The Answer. We're going to get a quick uh, timeout for traffic, come back. And if you've got anything to add to that, please dial us now, 216-901-0945, The Bob France Authority. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a non-profit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, are giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Nine fifty eight, the Bob France Authority. I've got time for just a couple of phone calls here before the uh, top of the hour, and Peter Kersenow after that. And again, I'm looking for lawyers. If anybody has got anything uh, that can explain to me how this is legal uh, to pimp out kids and the various things that are wrong with what we just described, uh, but I don't have any lawyers on the line right now. I've got a couple of regulars on the line. Navy man Norm is many things, but I know he's not an attorney at law. Navy man Norm, you have a reaction to this? Go ahead, sir. Uh, after I after I went to the um, restroom and vomited, because that's exactly how I felt. And I, Bob, I am so sick and tired of the media and this LGBT community pushing their deviancy. It's it just unbelievable. We're on the precipice, Bob. You get a state of New York 
that has a legislature standing up ovation for the death, celebrating the death of unborns. You get a governor of the state of New York that says, oh, we don't want to kill the criminals. That's immoral. You get a community in Lancaster that evidently was aware of this and did absolutely nothing. I mean, this is just unbelievable. I, I recall Peter Kirsten now talking about this, saying that there would be a move soon about, you know, approving of uh, sex with underage kids. And it looks like we're well on that way. It's just unbelievable. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> Dr. Bill Bennett, who was uh, Ronald President Reagan's uh, Secretary of Health, Education, Welfare, made a beautiful comment back in the 80s. He said, based on the state of America today, now this is 30-some years ago, the Lord God Almighty would have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah for what he did to them. And it's, it, we're there, Bob. Yeah, that's a very, very profound statement by uh, by Bill Bennett. That is, uh, and I'm glad you brought that up. And I, I've got to let you go here, my friend, because I'm up against the hour, and I got Peter Kirsten. Now, speaking of which, coming on the line, I'll see if he uh, has anything to add that, to that as well. Now, Peter is an attorney, but his specialty is labor law, obviously. Uh, I'll see if he knows anything about the Ohio Revised Code, about uh, the laws that uh, might prevent this sort of debauchery and depravity from continuing and this perversion of children. But uh, uh, that part of our conversation is coming up next. If you're on hold, stay there, please. I promise I'll get to you as soon as I'm done talking to Pete, which is next on AM 1420 The End. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 